Hello, Michigan State fans, and welcome to a, the third episode of the 2021 Press Quarters podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Bell, joined as always with my co-host, Ronnie Plazinski. Ronnie, how are you feeling this evening? I am glorious this evening. I am so happy we're here to talk about Owen. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I am, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, fall is in the air. The pumpkin spice lattes are out. Pretty soon people are going to get lost in corn mazes and all of the plaid is going to be worn. Um, all that joy aside, uh, we talked last week about how uh, I'm just going to jump right into it, if that's OK with you. We talked about Go last week how, how frustrating it can be when you open a I don't know, frustrating, but how much we hated opening the season with a conference game. OK, and we talked a lot about the downside of it, I think, coming off of a two and five season and COVID, you know, it's like, oh, boy, you know, that don't give us a chance to get our feet, et cetera. Um, however, we didn't really hit on the upside. And boy, did Michigan State get the upside of a conference road game or a conference game to start the year. I mean, Ronnie, I mean, you, you, you and I were, were going back and forth on text till, you know, midnight or whatever it was yes. during, it was a long broadcast, but, um, you know, getting, getting a win right off the gate. Um, you got, you have nine conference games. You're already one and oh, um, you also got a conference road win. You got that off your off your um, checked off your box, and your mistakes. The most important thing is, you know, we always say best improvements between what game one and game two, right? Yep. Yeah, and if you can get through your first game where your mistakes don't cost you the win, well, hey, you've just lived. You just got to live and and fight and get better another day. Um, and that's why you usually have cupcakes to start the season, right? You usually play Youngstown State first and build up to those non-conference, the big non-conference game, and then into your conference season. So you've had a chance to work out the kinks, and you're really playing your best football. Um, you know, for those of you that were living under a rock, MSU beat Northwestern 38-21. to 21. It probably actually wasn't that close. Um, there were a couple of uh, interesting calls in there. Um, Northwestern had a couple of big plays that set up scores, but, um, you know, I, I know one, one Michael Fletcher was basically, uh, clotheslined during the, a long pass, which allowed Hunter Johnson to get downfield. Uh, and then, you know, Northwestern had one long run where Michael Dowell playing the nickelback really kind of a, more of a linebacker, I think at this point, um, it got, got picked by the ref. It was, it was, it was the best block of the night for Northwestern. I'll tell you what. Sure was, and uh, kind of a crack black or crack back there, and um, but anyways, you won by three scores on the road against the, the Big Ten West defending champs. And look, I'm not going to now make up what Northwestern out to see seem like they were world beaters, but they are generally an, an, a decent, average bowl eligible team. Uh, I, I think they've made like four or five straight bowls, or they've made five out of the last six years. They made a bowl or something like that. So they're they're a decent litmus test program, even if they are they aren't all um, all together. And look, you know, both sides made mistakes, but what you saw was MSU having better athletes, um, certainly much better athletes than they did last year, or I should say, athletes in better condition. Um, and you get to start the season with a with a with a big win, and now. All of the offseason, all the hype, all of the talk, now you have a tangible result. And I, I got to tell you, Ronnie, we talked about how happy we were about the direction of the program before the game. Um, I, I, between the the new Matt Ishbia na, uh, name image likeness announcement, between Alan Haller being named it, uh, uh, athletic director, you have this win uh, with a with a with a star making performance for Kenneth Walker, uh, the nation's leading rusher. Um, I mean, everything Tucker has touched so far in the off season. Now, the game season, it, it's just it, everything's turned into gold. Yeah, no, I I, I echo everything you said. I think that. Um, and kind of like just came out with a bang. I think we all were so excited to get football back, you know, and what we have agreed is kind of Mel Tucker's year one, although Mel Tucker himself would not say that and has continuously right. said it is not. Um, you know, that first play, like we were all, I just to watch the game, like I, I was just bottled up with energy from like noon. I know you were too. We were, you know, texting early in the day. That first play, I think like all of Spartan fans, like 
Although ESPN couldn't flip the channel. Yeah, right tell me about it. All, all of Spartan fandom like just erupted. I know like, I talked to my brother. He said he like the whole stadium was going crazy. Um, I mean, it just kind of was like uh, emotions almost for, you know, eight months. But feels like longer than that with how last season went, you know, bottled up with, you know, Kenneth Walker having a Jeremy Langford-esque run. I mean, the way the team performed was probably the perfect uh, scenario. As we discussed last week, Northwestern wasn't great, but it's still, we've seen Michigan State teams struggle opening game to Jacksonville State and Tulsa, teams that turned out to not be so good. Even if Northwestern well, they, they beat Jacksonville State 49-7. to There's another That's game not, where they struggled. They struggled it, against I was some, actually Youngstown State, actually, or, West, or Western, Michigan, State? Western Michigan. They beat like 26-14 to 14 or something in that. Right. That, that where Shirley Calhoun had, had, had two touchdowns yeah. or something. That was that was miserable. That was the rainstorm. The game got like canceled. They brought everyone I was back there. in. I was there that with was my dad. Good. We didn't get the home to like was in the morning. Really beautiful. The sky was actually like crazy looking, like, like 300 that night. Anyway, literally the perfect <laughs> storm to the beginning of the season for Michigan State. I mean, it couldn't have gone better. And, and like you said, and kind of to echo with the direction of the program, if, if we could go back to that day when Luke Fickle um, said no to Michigan State, I mean, people were tweeting out like, there's this like gif on the internet, like what the life of a clown is like and how that's Michigan State oh, and yeah. State's athletic department, which was hilarious. But look where we are now with, with the direction of the program. It seems like everybody is on the same page with Izzo has preached in the very beginning since he's been here. It seems like him and Tucker have a good relationship. Apparently, Tucker has a lot more love for Michigan State than maybe we originally thought. Add in Alan Haller, who is like he bleeds for Michigan State. He wanted this job. This is his dream job. Had a big, big impact on the hirings of Mel Tucker, on the hirings of even Mark D'Antonio, and ultimately when Tom Izzo decided to stay at Michigan State. I mean, it has been a great week for Spartan fans. And as you said, Mel Tucker now has something tangible to go off of. This isn't just preaching. This is showing results and showing results in a good, um, kind of a good cohesion of a team with a bunch of transfers. You know, we said 40% new faces. I was really impressed with the operation, both offensively and defensively. I, I was, you know, over the moon at the performance, but really the communication, the togetherness of the team, you couldn't ask for more. Well, and and the the nice thing about getting a win in your opener against a, at least a decent opponent or a power five opponent. Look, Northwestern might be five and seven this year. They might be seven and five. I don't think they'll be much better than that. But um, based on what I saw, they, but they, but they're generally again well coached. Um, you know, their players made some mis- first night mistakes, and, and MSU was out executing them, which is kind of rare to see for MSU. Usually, under D'Antonio, we were used to the team kind of getting the kinks out of fall camp. In the first couple of two, three, even most of September, I mean, I think he only had one September in his career that started out four and zero or five and zero, and that was the the twenty um, the twenty fifteen season. Oh no, no, two twenty fifteen and um, uh, twenty ten. That's right. Um, and so to see MSU executing at a better clip than Northwestern, I won't say good because they, there were certainly mistakes. Your mistakes are on tape now, and the coaches know. You know, playing a Youngstown State cornerback makes an error; they might be able to catch up and, and bat the ball away because they're you know five inches taller than the receiver, and you know run of a, a, a four five, and the receiver runs a four seven. You know, uh, Northwestern's got enough guys that you, that you can see. Hey, look, this needs to be worked on. This this didn't work. Hey, offensive line, you know, this was great, but you need to do a reach block here um, or. For, you know, Jalen Naylor, hey, well, what was going on with your hands? Um, you know, certainly Ronald Williams had kind of a rough night uh, for a guy that I know we were both hyping about or pretty hyped about. Um, it sounds like after, you know, after more review, Kalen Gervin, who we thought had a rough night, well, he had to tackle well, but it's not a good thing if a quarterback's tackling because that means they allow to catch. Um, actually, you said Angelo Gross probably was the, was the one more at um, – uh, more to that third and some of that. Yeah, so that's yeah. You know, and I, I have to go back and, and, and also on that play, Drew Drew Jordan literally got like assaulted, uh, and they did not call holding penalty. Yeah, so I, it should never have happened. I, I, but I mean, and and that communication on the back end we had talked about before it might be an issue. Remember, gross people act like you know people call him honey weasel and that's all or whatever sugar weasel and that's all great. But remember. <laughs> 
But remember, guys, like Angelo Gross is a true sophomore who played six games last year and literally had a play against Iowa like we keep talking about where he was looking around the field knowing what to do. I mean, he's still young. He's going to have these growing pains. But, uh, you know, at first, I think, you know, we were pretty negative about the cornerbacks. And, you know, I think you brought up a good point. This is Ronald Williams, you know, first game of football in two years. But Gervin actually, when, you know, rewatching the film and kind of looking over some breakdown, he didn't do as bad as we originally thought. Um, something I, I think we should really talk about, too, is, uh, you know, of the surprises, you know, Cal Halliday, you know, some, somebody who was, I thought, fantastic um, throughout the whole game and someone we really didn't think was going to be a big part of this rotation. We had talked about being concerned about Noah Harvey. We thought it was going to be Klein and Crouch. Cal Halliday comes out and was arguably, you know, the second best de- defender behind Henderson and that is a really positive thing for a linebacking crew, which I know you and I were extremely worried about. Yeah. And honestly, uh, when they recruited Halliday, I was really down on him because I, I saw his, I mean, he could, he could move, he could hit, but he was, you know, he was listed at, you know, six one one ninety, And all I could think of was Chris Fry and, um, you know, some other guys they recruited where they just couldn't handle the weight. And I'm like, how are you putting 40 pounds on this guy? Well, I, I think it goes to show you it in the team as a whole is, um, is just in such better physical shape than they were a year ago, COVID or not, even the two years ago, they, um, they look quicker. They're more, uh, they were more explosive and they were certainly rallying the football. I mean, Kellen Gervin was, was prop was not a good tackler a year ago would physically be run over, um, or run past, etc. but he was sticking guys. Um, and, and when he hit someone, they stopped moving. And one thing I complained about last year is that so many broken tackles, so many yards after the catch, so many, uh, things along those lines. And, I didn't see any of that. I mean, sure, Northwestern completed a lot of passes underneath, but those guys, they caught the ball and went down. Even if the first, or even if they slipped the first guy, the, the third, second through fourth guy, because the, the, they're rallying. I mean, it seemed like MSU had four or five guys around every ball carry. I mean, sprinting to the football. That was impressive to me. Uh, that was a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I thought the the tackling was strong. I, I thought last year and, you know, the end of the D'Antonio era, there were a lot of loose screws, so to speak. There was a lot of things that we didn't see early in the D'Antonio era. You know, I po- point to a game against Ohio State. Now, granted, it's the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, Dobbins was getting away and, you know, Josiah Scott could have tackled him and instead went for this big old strip and didn't get him and he ran 30. Right, and, and that wasn't there last night, you know, or Friday night, excuse me. We were making strong tackles we were leaving no doubt there weren't the arm tackles and you know I I really liked the unity and the you know guys congratulating each other over you know making plays either offensively or defensively you know Kenneth Walker took time to go up to his whole offensive line and give them a hug after each of his touchdowns I mean that's stuff that doesn't show up in the score score sheets and, and nobody you know people will look at it and say oh who cares that's a huge deal you know, I, there, one of the reasons 2016 was so bad is this team hated each other. This team truly seemed like they like each other. And that's really a testament to Mel Tucker and like the culture he's building. Because frankly, you know, these guys could come in really like you're getting your job is competed for, for, you know, Peyton Thorne could have watched Russo come in and be like, you know, these guys hate me. You know, I, I no one's prioritized me. No, he took it as a positive, and obviously we've seen how that's worked for him. And it's really a testament to what Tucker has done and to keep them all together because I was that was something I was really happy about to see all the you know congratulations and even like Elijah Collins, you know, might be a little hurt. We're not entirely sure on that, but you know, hugging Walker after every play. Well, I just thought that was very impressive and a very positive outlook for the rest of the season. Are they gonna win 10 games? No. But is yeah. there something to be excited about? and even more excited about after Friday? Absolutely. Right. And that's what I, I, you know, I, and we can just kind of take it really quick, just by by position. Um, I I think Thorne, I think Thorne was solid. He was a B, you know, he, I thought it was impressive. He showed good poise. Um, You know, the O-line, I mean, graded out certainly better, but they did allow pressure on, I mean, Thorne only dropped back. 27 or 28 times. I mean, he had to have been pressured 
you know, he was sacked twice and he, I think Northwestern tallied five or six pressures on top of that. I mean, he, that's about a third of the time, well, maybe a fourth of the time, you know, every four dropbacks, there's a guy in his face hey, that can't continue. But um, he only took two sacks when he could have taken four or five. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was impressive. He didn't fumble and he didn't throw an interception. Um, right. And there, and, and there were dirt downs where he could have forced it. And he didn't. I mean, they were the, some of his best plays. We kind of have talked about it this week. Is that in a bad situation, a few third, third down and five, third and six, there were plays where either someone missed a block. Sorry, Matt Allen, or um, you know the, something broke down. I mean, one time uh, Simmons just slipped, and he was smart enough to throw the ball away. And I know that that doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a senior composure. That's a that's a senior move. I mean, even looking at Cousins back when he was a sophomore and beyond, there were times he would take that risky throw and it would, you know, cost the team an interception. Thorne knew better than to do that. And, you know, coach's kid, you know, a lot of maturity we have heard. And one of the reasons I think he did win this job is for that, you know, maturity. And, and something we haven't talked about um, were his legs. And I was surprised we used him as much as we did. But the kid can run. He's not, you know, uh, Tyrell Pryor. But he, it's definitely something teams are going to have to honor. And, and one play, he extended the, you know, the play with his legs and you know, got a first down, got hit out of bounds, and that led to a touchdown. So something we hadn't seen from him, which I, I thought another reason why they might have chosen him for the job. And I don't want him running a lot, but it's, it's at least something in the bag. Well, you've now shown quarterback run on the read option, and that's what they wanted to do. And that, that means Miami has to respect it, which means they can't crash down on Walker. And that's, that's, that's the reason they did it. Um, right. And it makes total sense. And he look, he, he did well. He had a couple of longer runs. I think he had 40 yards in the first half or something like that rushing. Um, you know, even net of the sacks, he ended up with uh, 28 yards on five carries. Um, so he more than offset the fat sack yard. And he averaged over five yards a carry. Uh, so over 200 yards of offense, a touchdown. Look, it, it, it was not, you know, he wasn't firebombing Northwestern all over the field. I would argue Northwestern's best assets, probably its pass defense, especially their all-American ball-hawking safety who led the nation in interceptions last year. Um, but, you know, and, and the receivers didn't, you know, Naylor had a couple drops, uh, especially on that crossing route. I think we'll talk about that, the receivers here next. Yeah, That was, it was maybe not a first, it was first and 15 after a false start, I think. And uh, that was easily going to make it, made it second and six or second and four. Uh, he had a step or two. All he had to do was turn up field and, you know, maybe make another move. Um, wealth, well, oh, that's the other thing. I thought Jay Johnson called a nice game. Very nice game. I agree. I agree. It, it, uh, and it, I did it, like, I, I did think, um, I thought Jay Johnson called a nice game. He played to Thorne's strengths. And I really liked Thorne's first drive of the second half. Um, after the missed field most, goal? After the missed field goal, which was a huge momentum swing. But when Thorne, oh, yeah. there's a play that I really looked at and I was like, wow, that's some maturity. It was an RPO. Um, where you know he fakes to Walker, and instead of even doing the fake, he right. got up right away, knowing Northwestern wasn't watching Mosley or not for whatever reason. He hit right. Mosley for a quick game. The play before that, he stepped up on third down, evading pressure, um, stepped into the pocket, took a hit, got a first down on third and ten, and then he made a great throw to the corner to Jaden Reed to get to the five yard line. I mean, it was his best drive of the game, but it showed some of the skills that we had talked about and the maturity. So it shows that he has a smart head on him, and he does have a pretty good arm. The the deep ball stuff still concerning. It's something I think he'll get cleaned up, but he did miss some opportunities there. And we knew that was his weak point. Well, I think also it shows that he was really splitting first team reps with, with Russo. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I see no reason why he won't get the start against Youngstown and continue to build a rapport. You know, I think there was, there was talking about the receivers, uh, Trey Mosley, you noted he had a high ankle injury last year, just couldn't get healthy. Um, he was slated to start and did start at the beginning of last year before he got hurt against uh, um, Rutgers or something along those lines. I remember because then that's why Ricky White ended up starting against Michigan. Um, but he was a starter. And um, I think a lot of people wrote him off. I certainly forgot, you know, shame on me. Um, and he looked good. I mean, he's the bigger yes. guy. He's the 6'2", 205-ish type, bigger type. But he showed great hands, great concentration. Um you know, not, not a lot to complain about there. Um, you no. know, Connor, Connor Haywood is a H back is the right spot for him. Um, you said he actually requested the, that the coaches move him there. That was his choice. 
It's it's he and he has the uh, wherewithal. He has the you know the brains to know in the NH in the NHL. NFL. That, in, in the NFL, the only place for him is at H back, and I, it it's a role with his hands that really does work for him. And I, I thought he made the most of it, not only on that diving catch, but a check down for Thorne when he got five extra yards. That's how you stay on the field. And, you know, he got a first down there. And people forget, too, that that second Walker touchdown, he walks in the end zone. Hayward threw a great block to, you know, crack the guy to the side. And that and that's something, you know, I, with receivers as a whole, I thought the blocking was fantastic. And, yeah. and even on the first play, you know, Jaden Reed takes on, a, you know, the cornerback, moves him, and then instead of after finishing that block, goes after a linebacker. Like, you know, it just showed that the blocking is something that Mel Tucker preaches. Um, you know, if you don't block, you don't play. I know that's kind of Tucker's mantra, and, and it really was apparent in this game. I thought the the wide receiver blocking was great. Yeah, and I, I think the the offensive line certainly took a step forward. You don't hit 300 yards rushing without it. Um, still room for improvement, but hey, look, first real game action after quality coaching, and the quality coaching was there was apparent. Um, you can't complain about 38. What I, you know, true points. I mean, those were all offensive drives. I mean, they all, I mean, I don't think there was a, I don't think there was a single drive under 40 yards. Um, it's not like they were handed a pick six or a big punt return or something. I mean, they drove the field right. time and time again, which was impressive uh, with real chunk plays. I mean, 20, 24 minutes to put up 500 yards in 38 points is great. Um, I thought the, uh, you, we talked, JD Duplain graded out very well. Um, really looks like kind of a star in the making, uh, kind of a forgotten man. Everyone was really obsessed with Horst and what was going on with Jarvis finally getting in there. But Duplain is really looking good. Um, and, you know, Northwestern had some experience on their defensive line that they returned two starters plus a transfer from somewhere. I forgot. Sorry. But um, Temple, I think. Um, and so, you know, guys that had played at a decent level and um, – I, th- I thought they just they just looked they looked competent and Kenneth Walker I think we can just say uh, he, he's Javon Ringer healthy yeah, Javon Jeremy Langford Jeremy Langford oh, Javon Ringer I mean, he's just he's, he's at that he's he's at that level he's at that different level of running back that you know Mich- as Michigan State fans we've been fortunate enough to have with you know with the Langfords and the Ringers and the Bells like. This is just a, a different type of dude, and we knew he was going to be good coming from Wake Forest. You know, he had great numbers last year. Um, it wasn't like this was a situation where he was forced out of Wake Forest, but this was not something I, you know, anticipated from him. And, and I mean, he looks like everything in the blood. I mean, we're going to have him for one year, and we're going to really enjoy that. And we that's a guy you can ride. And this offensive line seemed to really, I thought, kind of like almost get excited about that. Like they had a runner who would take advantage if they gave him an inch, he can take it you know, a mile. And I think that, I think it's an offensive line. That's something that excites you. Like, Oh, all I have to do is make this block and I can get this guy to the next level. I mean, I, I thought it was a perfect combination for both the offensive line and, you know, the Kenneth Walker debut. Yeah. I, I thought the most impressive run of his night actually was his last touchdown. Um, if you see it, and one oh, one cool thing to note, and maybe maybe D'Antonio did this, but I, I didn't remember it. Um, bring a receiver in motion and then using them almost as a lead blocker on like outside zone plays. Um, I thought that was a, maybe just because the receivers weren't always blocked like crap, but they really really put hat on hat. I mean, Jaden Reed was was hitting guys. Jalen Naylor was hitting guys, and yeah. that's what I mean. That's what allowed a lot of those outside runs. But that last that last run. If you look at it, Reed goes in motion to be a lead blocker and Walker starts out going to from left to right and Walker starts out left behind him to kind of take a half step back. Um, the corner that was with Reed was right behind him and dives in and Walker jukes him and then weaves his way through the, the offensive line like LJ Scott did against uh, um Iowa pops out the other side up free clear. There's a path. His, what really sets him apart is his, well, geez. I mean, everything. Uh, no, I was going to say, I was, we could, we could say his vision, but his speed is pretty killer. He's got quick acceleration. I mean, he's kind of the complete package. The cut he made to get his second touchdown when the, the play was, the play was designed to go up the middle. If, 
if Simmons runs that play, he goes right up the butt of the center for one yard, whatever that was blocked. That's what you get. Walker sees it, stops, lets, lets um, Hayward develop his block, and then Scoots just whoop, cuts out the outside, done, touchdown, walks in, um, which saves him from a lot of hits. Look, he ran the ball 23 times or 24 times or something like that. And he only got hit on, you know, 16 of those <laughs> or something like that. Or, yeah. Because um, he, well, one, he's scoring touchdowns, but he's scoring touchdowns standing up. Yeah, but and when he did get hit, I mean, they couldn't really uh, good contact. I mean, I think he had 186 yards after carry. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's one of the best performances. No, 204. To, he led the nation. I mean, obviously, he led the nation in yards after contact, 204 after contact yeah, I, or something. And, and, like, for a Michigan State running back to have really struggled with that in the past five years, honestly, that's, like, a really impressive stat because not only – were the holes there for him this time, he was making things happen. And that's something that we have not had a running back do. I mean, no disrespect to Connor Hayward, and he has definitely found a role. And it's someone, you know, that's a feel-good story. You know, they don't, he doesn't have his skills. Uh, you know, LJ Scott didn't have what Kenneth Walker has. It is, you know, truly an impressive sight to see. And it's something that, you know, as a team, it's definitely something we can build around. And it's going to be something teams have to factor in on every game. Obviously. Yeah. Now, I mean, Northwestern wasn't expecting that. No one was expecting that. And you don't, you don't bank on getting seventy-five yard touchdowns off the bat every game. But um, absolutely something, something that opponents have to account for going forward, which will just make things easier for Thorne. Um, yeah. That's on tape. Oh my gosh, we can't let this guy beat us. Okay, we have to dedicate, you know, a, a focus to him. Um, and that's all without Elijah Collins, who I think is still the number two back on the roster. Um, I actually liked what Harold Joyner did in a short carry. I mean, I, that was absolutely targeting. Poor kid. I it was targeting, okay. and I thought he was. I thought he was down too. Yeah, um, but not that that matters. I, I was like, I, I, you know, I, I don't love the targeting rule with ejection, but if there's any rule, that is the rule. And it was. I mean, he was totally I mean, helpless and ran right. Into, the guy ran right into his head. I mean, that's shit. Yeah. No, I mean, and he was, and he was, and he was out. Like there's. It was that's a that's just a dangerous hit. That's what targeting was invented for. If not that, you know, targeting what is targeting, you know. So I didn't like that at all. I was just I was disappointed that the refs didn't call it, but I was just worried for the kid because you never want to see, you know, concussions in this sport or just you never know. Yeah. So that's so that was interesting. I think the um, you know the positive thing on the defense the defense actually I think was kind of as expected. I think uh, we thought the. D line would be very solid, but would lack pass rushers. Three, you know, that four sacks, one hundred percent true. I mean, four sacks with the fourth being a, an intentional grounding that counts as a team sack. Yeah, uh, the sacks came from blitz t- blitzes too. The, it wasn't yeah. the defensive. I felt like the defensive line never really got pressure on its own, and and that is something I, we thought, but a concern. Well, I think they did, but they didn't. They didn't get home. Um, okay. Some of that yeah. is it's very it's very hard to get home against a. Uh, three-step drop, well, three-step drop or a turn and fire or whatever. Right. Uh, shotgun timing, quick one, one, 1,000 throw, one, 1,000 throw, um, which was, which is how Johnson completed, you know, 74% of his passes or something along those lines, but only 6.6 yards of pass attempt. I mean, if you complete 70% of your throws, that better be like nine to 10 per 10 yards per attempt. So it tells you everything was a safe underneath. Um, he did take a couple shots. But even with the high percentage, I mean, they made them work the length of the field, which I don't think is sustainable long term. They're on the, I think they're on the field for like eighty six or eighty nine plays. That's insane. You can't keep doing that. You're going to wear as many guys. They played what eleven D linemen and five linebackers. They played so many people. It wouldn't work in that game. It worked, but I don't think a lot of people are going to be throwing as short as Northwestern was. No, and and you're not going to be ripping off you know, 70 yard, 75 yard, one play drives either that puts your defense right back on the field. Right. Right. You know, that's really the, um, excuse me. Um, the, um, yeah. So I think, you know, I, I thought the deal, I thought the D tackles played well. Look, the, Northwestern averaged 3.1 yards a carry, but if that ref doesn't throw a block on Dowell, I calculated, even if that goes for 12 yards, Northwestern averages 1.9 yards a carry. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, we're talking yeah. about one gash play and, and like pretty dominant performance by a rush defense. Uh, right. The one thing I didn't like, I didn't like that Hunt got hurt. Uh, yeah. You know, is there injury problems there? I mean, he hobbled off the field. Apparently, he was limping a little bit after the game. You know, probably could have come back in in a more serious event. But the other thing, everything else was pretty positive. I was really happy to see Simeon Barrow in there, you know, getting some run. I thought he looked really good. He's going to be a guy. I, I thought he is disruptive and makes plays for a guy, you know, who's a redshirt freshman on the defensive line. That's only positive news. Um, and I was actually impressed to see Kyle King out there get his hands up. I did not even think – I thought he was an afterthought, someone he might not be in the program anymore. That was a positive. You know, Maverick Hansen played 31 plays. I mean, they just had a lot of guys in there, and I do think um, part of that was because, you know, the health of Hunt and Slade. I know Slade only played 36 plays, but all in all, that's a real positive thing from the defensive tackles to get those many guys playing. I was wondering what you thought, and I, I was curious. Michael Fletcher only played five plays. Do you think, like, he's hurt? I mean, he's not bad. He looked like he was coming out at the end of last year. I, I was really surprised that that was the only amount of plays he played. Yeah, I think he really needs to. So I, I, he's he's a lot like William Golston in that he's a big, long body, but he's not a pass rusher. He's more right. of like, like a strong side defensive end. And with what they're running right now, they really need kind of two quicker ends. So he might be a little bit of an odd man out. Um, that or maybe he's dinged up. I don't know. Um, but it, that was my impression. Um, people just got out there and they just wanted to keep bodies fresh. And they, they did a good job. I mean, uh, I was very impressed with their discipline on screen passes. Yes. Uh, I thought that was the D line would come up and then they would wait and they would wait. And Hunter Johnson was like, uh, shoot, you blew up my screen. Um, I yeah, thought he threw it to the ground a lot there. Yeah. And one of the impressive things I saw, I remember there was one, it was a, I think it was a, I think it was a bubble screen or something. And I think Cal Halliday was just like so excited. He's like pointing it out to everyone before the snap. Like it's going, it's going. And he's like charge. And he brings the whole defense crashing down on a play that, you know, in years past would have thought usually goes for 12 yards against MSU like clockwork and absolutely blew it up. He is a, he is the next bocce bola, whatever. I, I, I saw it. I've seen enough MSU linebackers flying around the field to know when a kid just has it, he has it. Um, he absolutely with, does. Redshirt freshman too. I mean, that is yeah. that is probably the, the most positive development out of this game for me, at least, was the you know I mean you know Kenneth Walker aside, the emergence of you know the linebacker you know Cal Halliday because you know we I I don't know about you but before the game was not on my radar um, to be a starter. I mean, I thought he'd be in the two deep, but I didn't think he would get that much run. And the way he played, I mean, we, you talk about that bubble screen, you know, the other play that, you know, I, I think uh, there was a Twitter account. I know you were talking about Beer Baron posted where, you yeah. know, Northwestern blocks it perfectly. And, you know, Halliday just, abs uh, there's like a bubble screen. He absolutely destroys the guy in the middle and lets the play only go for four yards, which would have could have gone for so many more. I mean, he was great. He was great diagnosing easily. I thought, I thought besides Henderson, Michigan State's best defender, um, very impressed with Cal Halliday and really excited about his future. On the other hand, Crouch was exactly, I thought, what we thought he was. Yeah, really, really fast, very incredibly athletic, doesn't really understand what he's doing. Right. And remember, he's been in East Lansing literally since, you know, August 1st. So take it with right. a grain of salt. You know, there'll be, he's finally getting coached, whether Ross Ells coaches or not, that remains to be seen. But at least, you know, he's getting some coaching now, you know, we'll see how it, you know, how he develops going forward. But you saw the flash that, I mean, one of our sacks was him just outmanning Northwestern's guy to get to Hunter Johnson. And that was, a, that was a big play during the game. And you just saw there the, the potential that he has. I, I was, I'm excited about that, but you know, too many times did he fall for ball fakes you know, where it could really cost Michigan State if they're playing a better team than you know, Northwestern. Right. And so that's exactly what happened. Um, a, and, and that's okay. They can get better. He can get better. He's only a sophomore, I think, eligibility-wise um, because of COVID. So he's got a couple of years here to develop. And he's clearly, I mean, he's clearly fast, but it just shows you kind of the issue with the roster. There isn't a veteran linebacker to play that spot that understands it. Uh, you know, Noah Harvey barely played, which is probably a good thing. He looked way out of place. Um, you know, Chase Klein showed up. Um, but I think it's going to be Klein, 
Halliday and Crouch as your guys. Um, ben Van yeah. Summeren got a little bit of burn, but he didn't really flash to me. He's going to be your goal line big. guy, I think. I, yeah. He's not the fastest, but he's you know extreme. You know, he's not the fastest guy. Extremely intelligent. I think you know he got his most of his run was when Northwestern was inside the ten, right? Um, which which is understandable. I, I did think with Klein, I, I did like that. You know, he's gained ten pounds, but he covered a Northwestern receiver downfield and. You know, he didn't make a play on the ball, but he was there, and you know, he caused an incompletion. I was really happy to see that. You know, while the Michigan State strength and conditioning, we've talked about it, you know, at length, and you know what Amber Reinstein has done, but you kind of saw it there. It didn't look like Klein was any slower than he used to be, but at the same time, he made you know a big play with his hands in the air against a receiver, meaning he didn't lose any speed. That goes to show you that kind of everything's working, and something we hadn't seen from him, which was a real positive. On the linebacker, we didn't see a lot, which we were kind of talking about in the you know pregame. T- you know, Tink Brown only played eight plays. Whether we consider him a linebacker or defensive, no, he's a DN. He, it was all, no, it was all on DN. He all played DN. But the the whole the point of that is, I, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get more run out of him, and maybe no. he's just not ready, which is a hundred percent fair because he's learning the position. But you know, I was hoping if we were going to get a pass rusher, it would be him, and you know, he's just not ready. It seems right now, at least in this game. Exactly. And he, he, when, whenever you make a position switch, your, your impact is going to be minimal. Uh, unless it's, especially like on the deal, a new defensive position. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for a safety to play linebacker, a linebacker to grow into a DN, a DN to go into a D tackle. That's what Kyle King's doing, um, so on and so forth. But um, I have no expectations that Tank Brown's going to be doing anything this year. He's going to learn. Man. Take, take the, no, no. He's going to take the year to learn the position. Maybe in the second no, I know. half. We could, we, we could really use him, though. <laughs> well, sure, but the, that's again. This is why this team is probably still a seven-win team. Now, right. after this win, I think closer to being a seven-win team um, and getting that bowl game uh, than it is. You know, the difference between that and being a nine, nine or ten win. Um, you know, rush ends, depth at linebacker. Uh, there's still holes in the secondary. Clearly, <coughs> excuse me. So it's an incomplete roster. Um, also, I hated the special teams. I was really upset about that. Yeah, I, would you, I mean, honestly, like I trotting Connor Coughlin out for a sixty-yard field goal. Like my brother, like texted the group chat and was like, "Are we trying to embarrass this guy? He can't make oh. this kick. Like, what are we doing this for?" And you know, the only good thing we saw out of that was our new long snapper, true freshman uh, Pepper, who probably weighs you know two hundred and five pounds, soaking wet made a good tackle downfield, but I don't know what that was about. I could not believe we did. I'd rather Thorne just throw it up in the air. That was insane. Uh, Matt Coughlin struggles at the 50, you know, if it's 45 yards, it's going to be close. I mean, I was, I couldn't believe we did that. Mm-hmm. That was well, just, oof. yeah. I mean, I, I, Behringer actually did an okay job punting, but he did, yeah. he did a kick his coverage one time and there was a, a 13 yard return. Um, I, Naylor and Reed should not be returners. I don't know how Jaden Reed, you know, had a great return year as a, as a true freshman, but I mean, his, his instincts were terrible. His feet, you know, how, where he was standing relative to the punter was terrible. I guess it was windy. So maybe the ball was sailing, but I mean, he's catching balls over his head. I mean, you cannot be a junior or senior or whatever his class year is in doing that. And, no. um, and, and look know, what me- happened with Ronnie Bell this weekend with Michigan. Like we do exactly. not need to risk Jalen Naylor and, you know, Reed first for a, for a 13 yard game. It just doesn't need to happen. Exactly. And so, so again, look, this is a game, and I know we've talked for about half an hour on this, but we talked about Haller and the off-season stuff or off-field stuff. Um, the, the key for me is you have flaws, you now see the flaws, and now you have a, an opponent in Youngstown State to iron some of those out. Um, you know, I think looking across the college football landscape, maybe the schedule isn't quite as daunting as I think we thought at the beginning of the year with Indiana struggling. I mean, Miami got blasted by Alabama, but they got blasted by Alabama. It's Alabama. It's still Alabama, it is. though. It is. I know, I know. But it, it, it that can have a hangover effect, and we'll see. I, I still think it's a loss. Um, but Nebraska, you know, Nebraska losing to Illinois week one was one thing. But then Illinois turning around and losing to University of Texas San Antonio. <laughs> What does that say about the Huskers? You know, uh, and this and the schedule sets up, I believe, where um, Nebraska plays Oklahoma 
before they play MSU. Um, Do they really? That's yeah. that is just that's rough. Yeah, and it's a home game for MSU, so that's a plus. And then uh, Western Kentucky actually plays at Indiana before they come up to MSU, and then Indiana plays Cincinnati before they play MSU. I think that's right based on the schedule. I'll have to double check, but the, it sets up those so that a lot of our opponents in the early half of the year have tough games right before they play state. Um, so that, you know, you look at that and you kind of go, Oh, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe they can be six and one going into the Michigan game you're playing at Rutgers who I, you know, I don't care that they beat temple 62 to seven or whatever it was. Um, not yet, at least, um, you know, Maryland looked tougher against West Virginia, but West Virginia is going through a uh, kind of rebuilding phase. Uh, Penn State's defense looks nasty. Uh, Ohio State's Ohio State. I watched them, you know, fumble their way to 45 points. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> okay. Um, that is what it is. But, you know, I think they have a real chance to win seven. I think I feel very good about winning six this year. Um, and uh, and we'll see. So I, I think that, you know, one of the reasons we talk so much about Northwestern, not only is it our first taste of football, but the upcoming opponent, Youngstown State, is bad. They are an FCS team. They are not a good FCS team. Their team is on suspension or probation or something. They can't make the playoffs. Um, they went to overtime against the University of Incarnate Word, uh, 44-41. I actually watched the highlights of that game, um, the 12 minutes highlights. I was one of the 4,164 people to watch that on YouTube. Um, Ronnie? You will learn nothing about MSU in this I game. Fell, except- I, fell, I fell asleep from just thinking about this game. Stop it. Stop it. Stop I'm still it. thinking about I'm still thinking about Brett Bielema like eating his way through UTSA. Like that was amazing. No, this no. team is bad. I'm watching these YouTube highlights you told me to find, and it's bad. Well, it's so so Youngstown State, Youngstown, Ohio, the Penguins of all team, uh all Jim Trestle. Uh, and Pat Narduzzi, I believe his dad got a was a, a famous coach there. And um, Jim Trussell is actually the president of the university, I believe. Um, yes, and it's where he got his start. He won a national championship there, and that's how he got his got his start at Ohio State. And um, so it's really kind of known as one of the, the premier F- FCS programs, but really fallen on hard times. Um, Bo Pelini was their head coach at one yeah, point just for a while. Year. Yeah, so that's not happening. But um, Nebraska would love to have Bo Pelini. Oh my gosh, you're not kidding. Um, but the thing is, is they FCS is playing this weird bifurcated schedule. They played like what six or eight games in the spring, and then yeah, and now I, they're, I, they're so, like two and they're like two and six or something in the spring, and and on probation. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And yeah, I was like but, actually trying to look it up. Yeah, it's it's confusing, but the, the point is, is look, I, I watched that game against Incarnate Word. So they are a heavy, um, I guess, kind of legacy of Polini, uh, heavy zone read, you know, option look team. Uh, their quarterback carried twenty times for like ninety something yards against Incarnate Word. Um, heavy, heavy, heavy rush team. Passing is is kind of almost like a gadget play, like you would against a um, like a service academy. Uh, on defense, they run a three-three-five and a three-four. I saw them oscillate. Uh, it's I keep saying it's bad. What does that mean? Um, their linebackers react to any motion and flow to wherever that motion is. Anything resembling a counter, a cutback, is going to gash them. They're tackling. It's, it is it's like it's like crouch, but like not athletic at all. Yeah, I mean they're generally confused. Uh, not confused. They're just they're just out of they're just out of they just <laughs> they bite they bite on everything. Um, additionally, their their secondary looks. I mean they're slow for one, but they are always peering in the backfield. They're always I guess they're paranoid about the run or something. But I mean I'm watching Incarnate Word complete passes 15 yards downfield to just it's like pitch and catch. I you actually know, just like, love hearing you say the other team's name. Like I wish we were playing Ward. Incarnate Ward. Yes. No, they have pride. They wouldn't. They wouldn't play us. No. Um, Fair. So this is a this is a chance. This is a true true cupcake. You know, Western Kentucky later the year they've got a really good quarterback. They've got a fancy 
offensive system. You know, that's something that, that's a non-conference game that's worth that's worth really digging into their system and, and edu- educating the audience, I guess, about uh, this game is about sitting any player that might be dinged up for Miami. Because I, yes. do, I, I think they have a chance at Miami. I don't think they win, but they have a chance. Get, they definitely have more of a chance than we with what we saw with Mike Walker and in the yes they have it's become a instead of like a guaranteed loss to a you know likely loss. Right, and so that's which is positive. So that means get healthy. Um, that's number one. So if Jarrett Horst is dinged up, you sit him. If Jalen Hunt is dinged up, you sit him. This is a game where you can run dive plays up the middle and get nine yards each time. Or 15 yards each time. You don't have to do much fan in the in the way of being fancy, but I do think this is a great chance for Thorne to build confidence and build that rapport that he needs with his receivers. Um, I actually would like to see him throw it 30 times in this game um, and really, really work on a rhythm and get into that you know high 200 yard range. Get a, get you know two or three, preferably three touchdowns. Um, a confidence building, rhythm building performance is, is what I, I think want that, but I don't see it. I don't know if you, I, I don't see Jay Johnson throwing that many times. If we can obviously control the line of scrimmage, you know? Okay. Well, 20 times, I don't care whatever it is, but something, um, that's what I, um, you know, that, that's what I want to see. Uh, Look, they're going to gamble for sacks. They're probably going to get one or two because they're going to throw 8,000 linebackers at you um, aggressively. And they'll, they'll probably get through. Don't don't be alarmed if that happens. Um, you know, but the, the rest of it, I mean, their uh, quarterback is Dimitri uh, Crenshaw. That's who to know. And their, their uh, running back is Jaleel McLaughlin. Those are your two guys on offense. Um, McLaughlin had... 29 carries for 242 yards, 8.3 yards a carry. Uh, he was also their leading receiver out of the backfield. So it kind of tells you the show. It's the quarterback and the running back, and everyone else is kind of an afterthought. Um, you know, uh, they have a returner that averaged 27 yards a return. Uh, I'm not going to break it down more than that. Um, it, it's probably a good defense, or it's probably a good offense to practice against for, for Miami because they will run the quarterback and Miami certainly uses Derek King as a runner. Um, so there's, there's some merit in there, but, but honestly, this is, this is about your guys being several levels, bigger, stronger, and faster than the opponent. You can pretty much just run your system and just get in again, just work on kinks. Um, it's, it, you know what, it, Ronnie, it's a, it's a good test of discipline to see if they come out in a home game and come out focused and, and really put them away. I mean, this is a right. game that should be, it should be 28 to three at halftime. It should be, Worse 30, than that. Yeah, okay. It should be it should be thirty-five to nothing at halftime, honestly. Yeah, I think I think like a really good look at it is, you know, this is a game between, you know, Northwestern we were pretty hyped for. You know, no problem getting up for that game. Obviously you have Miami coming up, which is like a really big litmus test. I want to see that they can focus in on this game and, and you know, not do stupid things, like you were saying. Like don't we don't need the arm tackles. We don't need the crazy. Like, you know, just play solid football. Finish your tackles. Beat the team like you're supposed to. And, and you know, don't make, don't act like this is a game you don't care about. You know, it's just you got to keep building. It's early in the season. This team needs to build that cohesion. I expect them to be just fine. But it's something we need to definitely pay attention to. As you just don't you know. D'Antonio was great after big wins, getting the team back for even games that, you know, might be considered easier cupcakes. You know, we, that's something we don't know about Tucker yet. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he can get the team ready, especially this game, which will be hard to get in, you know, up for. They're going to win, but, you know, sandwiched between two big games, unfortunately, early in the season, you know, how does the team look coming out? Do they look flat or can they be, you know, can they be engaged or as engaged and improved as they were from Northwestern? Because that improvement from week one to week two, it's still important to see in this game, you know, regardless of who it's against. Yeah, I think, look, the other thing folks should understand, you're not going to be up and focused and ready to go 12 weekends in a row. You're just not. Everyone's going to have an off game. Even Alabama has an off game where they're not as focused. So these are the games where I would expect a little bit of a letdown. Uh, You had a big win. This is not a big opponent sandwiched between big games, as you said. Um, This is a game where what's your baseline athletic ability? What's your baseline practice 
what's your what's your neutral what's your average um and your average should be good enough to put them away you know third quarter you know unless there's like a rainstorm or something that screws with stuff um that's the that you know that's just the truth of it and uh, you know I, again i really want to i want to see the tackling was better i want to see more defensive backs get hands on balls though there won't be a lot of opportunities for um, I want to see them continue to be intelligent. They're going to throw the ball only a handful of times, and they're going to do it as kind of a trick play. Are you going to be fooled by that, or are you not? And then, you know, your your D line, you know, are you going to be able to stop this zone read? You know, do you do, are your ends disciplined on that? So that, that that's it, it's a test. It's it's something worth watching. Um, I think, and it's a potential stat padding game too. I'm not going to lie. I want to see you know Kenneth Walker got snubbed for all those awards. I'd like to see him go. You know you know, 15 carries, 210 yards and three more touchdowns, you know, yes. with, you know, with runs of 75, 75 and 74 yard, you know, you know, or something like that, where it's just like, okay, you're, you know, he, I mean, he's, in, he's so much, he, he, he could break the season. He could break the school's rushing record this weekend. Well, let's, if you wanted well, to. let's, he could, let's, you know, let's hold off, like, you know, holding this kid up to this, all these standards. I mean, he was great. Let's, I feel like we're putting a lot of pressure on, but I agree. Like he can kind of do whatever he wants. Um, but I, I've seen so many people like talking about that. Have you seen these like the Heisman people? They're, I mean, you just yeah. can't do that. We, we're basically Michigan at that point. Not that that's what you were saying, but just in general, the fan base. I'm like, come on, Ronnie. He's the nation's leading rusher with four touchdowns against a Power Five opponent. Like literally, so, literally, no one else was at that level. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, mean, I think, yeah, that's that's a snub. I mean, he does it. Oh no, no, I agree. He should win all the awards, but like the, the Heisman talk, I think that's a little. Oh thing. no, that's silly. That's silly. If he goes out, if he goes out and has uh, two hundred total yards and four touchdowns against Miami, now okay. we talk about. It. I agree. Yeah. Now you can start talking about it. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I mean, that's the, he'll have like about twelve touchdowns at that point. Right. And that's. I mean, that's probably not going to happen. Too. I mean, Miami's got a very fast defense. Um, Maybe not that disciplined, but not that fast. not not that fast this weekend. Once again, Alabama, but still. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I think I, I think the key is. I mean, this is this is a weekend for you guys to get some errands done. You can tape the game. I don't think anything crazy is going to happen. Um, you know, I, I, as I get older, I start getting a little more confident about saying things like that. I think the line's twenty points or something. Or twenty one or something. I, 19, and, 19 and a half, I believe. Oh, I would take MSU all day. This is not a gambling podcast. Um, but in my mind, I you know I, I have it in my head. You know, forty five to ten. You know, forty nine to fourteen. That's the kind of score you expect at the game at the end of the game. Um, and I think that's I think it's pretty reasonable. I mean, they gave up forty one points in regulation to Incarnate Word. Um, I, I think MSU can 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 exceed that. You know, MSU should be in the 40s. And, and the other thing is, you know, Young, Youngstown State isn't going to be able to to hold the ball the way Northwestern was. They run the ball a lot, um, and MSU's D line is really good at stopping the run. Um, that's pretty that's pretty clear. Uh, so uh, you know, that's that that's about it. I'd like to see special teams look better too. Um, yeah. So that's that's really it. I mean, I think the rest of the season. I mean, just got I think just a couple minutes here, but um, you know, there's a couple of big games this weekend. Um, Michigan plays Washington, which is certainly going to be interesting for you know. That's, Washington that's- lost to Montana, everybody. So just wait for Tuesday. The headlines will read: Michigan is back. Everyone, just be prepared for that. Right. Um, so there's there's that. But the the big one, Oregon at uh, Ohio State. Yep. Uh, that's a huge one. Uh, we have. Um, is it Iowa, we, Iowa State this weekend? It is Iowa, Iowa State this weekend. I'm telling you, Iowa is no joke. They, I, I think they're the favorite in the in the West. They have their defense. They have they returned all their defensive backs. They looked very good against Indiana. I mean, and Michael Penix, you know, coming back from injury. So, but I mean, I, he didn't look great. But we know Michael Penix is a good quarterback. I mean, Iowa looked damn good, and Indiana looked bad. So that would that was something that I was like not expecting to see. I thought that was going to be a close game all the way through, and they just housed them. Yeah. So so that's that's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I, the other thing is uh, Miami's playing Appalachian State. Um, I think at like two thirty or five o'clock or something like that. Uh, Appalachian State is actually a pretty decent 
uh, group of five team in a really strong running game. So kind of worth, you know, that's not going to be a necessarily a cupcake for Miami. I think they're actually going to have to play for you. Know, you want that to be a close game and have Miami play four quarters and really start wearing them down early in the year. Um, yes. You know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> this. I don't want this to be, Oh, I want them at their best. Cause that proves it. No, 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 no. You get as many wins as possible with whatever caveat, you know, if they, Oh shoot, they hit, you know, they're, they're, they're water boys starting at tight end. It's not Bobby Boucher. Awesome. Great. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm so sick of people being like, you got to You know, we want Ronnie Bell at Michigan. You know, we don't want a kid to get hurt, but you know, no, I want to win that game. We need to find wins this year because the job for Tucker this year is to get as many wins as possible to keep this wave of momentum going. The swag surfing momentum, as that's going to be the team's new uh, entrance. You know, hey, better than Mr. Brightside. Listen, Mr. Brightside is fire. I don't know why. Don't hate that, Mr. Brightside. It's I, a terrible I, song. That's just. That's just. You're just showing your age. Yeah, it's whiny emo garbage. That is, oh, that is, that hurts me actually. I don't like that. That is, uh, it's it's awful. I think they're just, oh, it's just not not my not my cup. What of tea. what so did anyways, you think? That's, what did you what did you think of? I, you know, I, my biggest surprise of the weekend was Wisconsin beating Penn State. I was pretty surprised. I, I thought Wisconsin would handle them. Um, I mean, I hate James Franklin. This he looks so stupid. I didn't know how young he was. I was pretty surprised to find out he was thirty nine. But I, I mean, I just thought Wisconsin was bad. I mean, there's zero points. I think at halftime, so gross. It was it was a, a vintage Big Ten game. Yeah. So the um, you you you. you. Penn State beat Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin was in the red zone four times. It came up with no points. Yeah, that's they bad. Blocked, blocked field goal and some turnovers. I mean, blocked field goal on like the six yard line. Like that should never happen. Mm-hmm. So the scary thing is, is that you play Penn State at the end of the year and they look like a really ferocious defense, but that's so far off. Who knows what will happen? Right. Um, the Big Ten West looks terrible other than Iowa. I mean, literally, literally, they are crumbs. Everyone I mean, on that team is, everyone looks bad. Except for Iowa, which looks correct. Great. Which we'll see yes. how they do this weekend. But that's, you know, that's interesting in, in look, a, we're, we're Spartan podcast. I can't believe Michigan is going nuts about beating Western. I mean, that is so sad. I can't believe they think they should be ranked. Like it's I, I, so I, ridiculous. I mean, they like they're just talking about how they're back and stuff. And like, truly, if you look at it from the whole outside, the worst thing in the world happened to them. The only they they you rather beat Western by one point if you get to keep Ronnie Bell for the rest of the season. Yeah, like I don't understand how. I mean, I would be just so like if we lost, like it's like losing, you know, Jaden Reed or Felton Davis in the first game of the season. Like it is just not good at all. I mean, he had some crazy ass catch with one. Excuse my language. One like one-handed catch where he like pushed off the defensive back, which he did not. That was a bad call. I mean, that was like an NFL like OBJ type catch. He was just as demolishing that game. Hurts himself. Feel bad for the kid. Speedy recovery, but that's a devastating loss for Michigan. I don't understand why more of them are not like more lamenting that instead of claiming. Did you see JJ McCaffrey's touchdown pass? Oh, what? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's Western, right? Um, not, you know, maybe they'll be six and six this year. Um, not Darius not a, Jefferson is on that team, like starting know. at running back. And right. He he threw up. He threw up the Paul Bunyan pose after. I did, touchdown. I did like. I did like that. That's, That's when terrible. I actually thought Western had a chance, and I was like, this is going to be a good Saturday. It was not. But, it was not. Know. No, that's fine. But that's 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 Michigan. They're going to out talent you know, six or seven teams on their schedule automatically. Um, so, but I'll tell you, uh, Indiana's got a very tough road ahead of them with Cincinnati yes. and Western Kentucky on their, um, on their schedule. I mean, that is a tough, um, that's a tough play. And that, that was a game I thought was going to be very hard for MSU. Um, they've yeah. got, uh, <clears throat> oh, you know what? I take it back. Oh, never mind. I got that wrong. They do play Cincinnati. They have a bye week before MSU. Who does? Indiana. Indiana. I mean, they still they play Cincinnati this weekend, though. Correct? No, it's it's uh, Idaho, and then oh. 
then the the Miami weekend they're playing Cincinnati, then they're playing Western Kentucky at, at Western Kentucky. Wow, that's strange. Um, and then they have to travel to Penn State by week, MSU at home. I mean, they could be one in four. Yeah, I mean that's tough. That's a tough, yeah, and it's it's tough to keep your team together at that point. No matter how tendered you are, you can one in four. You can start losing guys really quick, especially in this new NIL, just this different era, transfer portal era. You know, we haven't seen this is like kind of wild, wild west starting this year. Who knows what kids are just going to be entering the transfer portal after like a bad loss or being upset or one and four. I mean, not saying that's going to happen in Indiana, but they are losing this weekend the way they did. They are, I hate to say they're edging on the brink, but it seems like they kind of are. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, there's no such thing as a one game trend and maybe everyone will look bad, uh, you know, against Youngstown State. And they'll barely hold on. And it'll be a firm moment. We're going to be really depressed next week. Probably not. Um, so I would, I, you know, again, I would enjoy it. I would enjoy like being two and O next week. Um, potentially, I don't think MSU will be ranked even if they win 63 to zero. Um, uh, I think they're 34th in one poll and 36th in the other. I would expect them to be in the top 30 at the end though, uh, just based on who, you know, some of the matchups and whatnot that are going on throughout the country, um, which is fine. I'm, I, I'm fine leaving them unranked and, and not being a target as long as possible. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, things are looking good for the boys in green. Uh, recruiting is still fine. The, the, the people they recruited are having good seasons. Uh, Kaiten Hauser is having a great year. Um, I know Antonio Gates, uh, Tyrell Henry in Michigan are, are looking good. The, um, uh, Malik Spencer, the guy they got down from Georgia playing safety is, is looking like a potential four star. Um, life's good, man. Life's good. It is. It is as good as it could have been. And it's, it's nice to feel like we're moving towards this, you know, excitement and it feels like we're growing again instead of stagnant. And that's, I mean, it's truly all we can ask for, but. Honestly, from where we were, you know, before we tired Tucker to now, I mean, he's done the best job he could with the, you know, weird circumstances of COVID and everything else. You got to be happy with where we're at as a Spartan fan. And it seems like only good things to come. So, I mean, we can just, just, we'll be here every week to guide you through that. But we are pretty excited as the season goes. This is the best scenario of being on this podcast after our Friday night win. So. And, and someone did make some smart ass comment saying that who was going were Michigan State going to have more wins or are we going to have more podcasts? Well, we're we'll, we're going to try to have more podcasts than wins. Yeah, I think so. Just because so because 12, 12 podcasts or something like that. 15, 16 podcasts. Wow, 16, national, yeah. National right, championships. No, right. Good yeah, point. National, good national, point. National I like the way you were thinking. That's my fault. No, uh, I, I, I have you changed your season prediction? We'll we'll leave with this. No, um, I was, a, I think, a little more positive than you. I think I stuck at seven and five. Uh, I still think it's seven and five, but I think that that is now like the, that's not even like a green glasses. That's the most likely scenario, seeing what they have on the schedule and seeing the rest of Big Ten. Um, so I think seven and five is good. I think eight and four then uh, still a possibility, and I do think there is a nine and three scenario out there. Ooh. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's there now with the way but i mean we're gonna have to see i mean that kind of comes down to the miami game to me but i do think there's a scenario where they could find nine wins it's not i don't think it's going to happen i think seven and five but i think there is the ceiling is opening up a little more than it once was i think that's that's the only way my prediction has changed what about you i I think their floor is up to a bolt to six and six um northwestern was a um was a 50 50 game going into the year um, and one I, I half expected to lose, quite frankly, based on just how it's been in Evanston the last decade plus. Um, I, I, th- I thought they would win. I'm sorry, on a podcast, I thought they'd win. In preseason when I'm going through the games, I'm like, oh, that's kind of, you know, that might be a 55% chance loss. Um, so that helps. And the way they looked, I think, raises their, their floor a bit. Um, I'm still stuck on seven wins. And I probably will be unless they can get through the Nebraska Rutgers. They can beat Nebraska and Rutgers um, both. Then I'll, I'll, I'll consider the eight. But right now I think seven is – I feel pretty good about seven wins. 
No, I, I, I think that's, I think that's very fair. And I think that, uh, I mean, this weekend's not going to show us a damn thing, but. Well, don't I'm get hoping. hurt. I mean, that's, that's, we don't, you know, we should. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the main thing, right. The main thing is everybody's healthy after this week. We don't need Jaden Reed hurting himself on a punt return. Um, yeah, don't get hurt. Don't, don't cause a QB controversy by giving Russo the whole second half. No. And, you know, go into Miami healthy and crank up that heat in the indoor facility to get them ready. Yep. I do think, I will say, and we'll talk about it more next week when we do the Miami recap, I do think the nutrition program will go a long way down in Miami. But that's another conversation for another time. Yep, and I think at that point we are done. So, uh, oh, score prediction. Oh, do we have to? Uh, sure. I, I, did, we scored 38 points this week. Four, no, 42, 41? I can't remember. Either way. 38. More 38. points than I was surprised. Uh, so I am going to say the highest output in a while for Michigan State. I'm going to get us to 52. And I think they're going to get to 14 with some uh, – they're going to have a touchdown in the first half, and they're going to get a late touchdown for some terrible break by a freshman, which is fine. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with 49 to 10. Um, okay. And that's going to be – uh, you know, I just can't see them breaking 50 yet without, well, you know, turnovers or something. Um, so, yeah, 49 to 10 sounds about right. I'd like to see the defense really clamp down and uh, go on a little longer drives on offense, maybe a little more methodical. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to. See, I don't think I, I that's funny you say that because I don't think I think we're going to have so many busted plays with the speed we have. That's I, I what think I'm thinking. Have some big ones. Yeah, I get what this, you're saying. I'd like to see them have to drive, but I just don't see how these people can hang with Kenneth Walker or Jaden Reed. In the I'm going to change. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to say 56 to 20 because I think what will happen is they'll end up with second and they'll end up with like true freshmen playing the entire fourth quarter, which would be wonderful. Yeah, that's the plan. So uh, 56 to 20. I'm good with that. All right. Well, uh, hope Spartan fans, you enjoyed the podcast and uh, we'll be back next week previewing the premier non-conference matchup for the Spartans this year, their game against the Miami Hurricanes. Thank you and go green. Go white. And we do love Dave Warner still. If we do. All right. Adios.